There's no way around it. Caring for a loved one with dementia is not for the faint of heart. We don't know what we don't know, and many families focus so much on the person with dementia that they forget to keep their eyes on the family member managing care, which can be catastrophic. In this podcast, we'll help you become more proactive and remind you to focus on yourself. We will share challenges and wins and guidance from professionals at every step in the journey of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Welcome to the Eye on the Caregiver podcast. We are delighted to have Christy McKittrick from Loudoun Therapeutic Writing Center in Lovettsville, Virginia with us today. Welcome, Christy. Hi, thanks for having me. So Christy, when I think of older adults and caregivers to Alzheimer's, uh, I don't really think about therapeutic writing. Uh, I've heard of that with other programs, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and anxiety and even I think prisons and inmates and stuff like that doing working with horses. So I have never really heard it in this context. But you know, one thing that we encourage here at the foundation is for caregivers to take care of themselves, and also to engage with their loved ones. And so I'm really, I'm really interested in to learn about your program for older adults and, and how this therapeutic writing uh, for older adults works. Can you tell me more about the, your Silver Spurs program? Yeah, absolutely. So um, primarily the Silver Spurs program is focused on groups of older adults that are in senior care centers. And the groups that have come out to see us most frequently are in memory care centers. So they come and they um, don't necessarily ride. They don't ride. Um, If they want to ride, they're certainly welcome to on an individual basis. But um, when the groups come out, it is an opportunity for them to engage with one another, engage with new faces, new people as the volunteers and the staff work with them at the farm. Um, And then oftentimes if they have any kind of rural background that those memories come to the forefront and it gives them an opportunity to have something to talk about and something to um, look forward to and a reason for them to get up in the morning and leave their space. And all of that applies not only to groups from uh, care centers, but also, you know, individuals who come with us. We had someone start with us recently who um, has Alzheimer's and it's really been great for him to have an opportunity to engage with other people, um, sort of create and foster more independence for him from his caregiver, which provides a respite for his caregiver. Um, And then she has an opportunity to see him sort of flourish and um, be successful at something without her having to stand there and help him, you know, all the time. Then she has opportunity to talk with us, you know, as her, um, as her partner is going through the program and she has someone to sort of share her, you know, trials and tribulations and struggles with, because we all, we all get it because we see it all the time. That's great. I, you and I, you know, we met, um, Oh, a month or two ago. And I remember when I hung up after that, uh, you know, after that call, I was, I just went down a rabbit hole because, you know, I feel like we're entrenched in this world every day. And it just never once crossed my mind, like Sean had said, you know, to think about a therapeutic writing center as a respite for caregivers. So, um, I did a little digging around and I learned a lot about, 
you know, they say that horses have similar behaviors to humans, um, in particular, social and responsive behaviors that make it easy to create a connection. And I really find that fascinating. Um, do you see those connections happening pretty quickly? Yeah, absolutely. So horses, uh, you know, all have a distinct personality, just like people. So um, when the group or the individual comes into the barn, like this uh, gentleman that I was talking about earlier, who just started with us, um, he went down the row and met every single horse and engaged with each horse. And the one horse that he felt he had an instant rapport with was this big gray gelding named Ash. And Ash has been his buddy ever since. And so from that very first day, the first, you know, 10 minutes that he was in the barn, he met a horse that he felt he was very comfortable with. And now every week he's saying, we got to go see Ash. It's time, you know, we got to make sure we find our time to see Ash. And he's engaging with the horse and engaging with his, his partner and his caregiver um, in a new way. And then when the groups come as well, it's the same thing. They walk down, they meet the horses and, you know, some people gravitate towards, you know, one horse or another just based on, you know, that intangible quality that you cannot describe of what makes you enjoy the company of another person or an animal. Um, and then they, you know, the relationship develops from there, even if they're only here for a short time. You know, it's interesting. I, I find this very interesting because, you know, what we have, you know, as we've started foundation and we work more and more with caregivers and other people like you providing services to caregivers, one of the things that just keeps showing up over and over is this, this connection, activities that connect to the past, right? And how powerful that is. And we see it with music. And I'm, I'm not even remotely surprised that if you had any kind of writing background that you could make this connection. And we've seen, I mean, I've seen it live where people just kind of light, light up, lighten up, you know, light up when they see, you know, the horse, because it, it opens a door that maybe was closed for so long and it makes them a connection to the past. And um, I, I think that's so powerful and we see it a lot in music. So I, I think anything that has like an emotional connection makes sense to me, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of laugh about this because I have this like kind of love hate relationship with horses because, you know, when my first experience with a horse was riding with Michelle and, and she had an accident. So I had this like burn in my mind of like that day. And then I was in scouts. And, you know, I think the next time I rode a horse, you know, I did like one of these like uh, little Lone Ranger things you know, on his back legs and just scared the juices out of me. Um, so I don't think horses really like me. But, you know, as we see that Americans are living longer. Right? and maintaining you know more active lifestyles there are probably people out there like me who may not be able may not be comfortable you know around horses or mounting a horse or riding a horse but that doesn't really matter though right oh oh definitely and before i address that i do want to say one thing is that you know for people who have a ride you said for people who have a riding background it brings out the memories of that but it's not just people who have a riding background it's anyone who has had any sort of you know, farming or agricultural background, because you come out here to our farm in Lovettsville and there's a big cornfield across the street and the mountains, the other direction, you know, so it brings, it evokes memories of, you know, a, a, any sort of country agricultural lifestyle, which for some of our folks that live in an assisted living home, that is so far removed for them that to go out to a place that can remind them so much of, of where they were, you know, 
in their past, then that, that has been the biggest thing that I've noticed with our group. It's not even, it's not even if they had a horse background, it's just any sort of open land living that they may have done. Um, well, if people aren't familiar with the, the suburbs of Virginia, it's true. absolutely gorgeous out there. I, mean, I can't mm -hmm. even explain how pretty it is out there. So go yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, they do not have to ride to get the therapeutic benefits, right? It's really about developing the relationship with the horse, whether you are riding, uh, whether you are only on the ground leading the horse, um, brushing the horse and spending time interacting with the horse. Or we also have a program uh, that offers adaptive driving. So if they don't want to ride, they can learn how to drive in a carriage. And we have a couple of different vehicles and different horses that are capable of doing uh, various aspects. We have um, some smaller vehicles, some smaller carriages um, with a smaller horse that's very nimble and sporty and she can do lots of fun stuff. And we also have a, a big adaptive carriage where the back actually unfolds and turns into a ramp. So you can just roll a wheelchair in and the student or the participant never has to get out of their chair. Um, so the, it is totally 100% accessible for any kind of mobility and the person can then actually be seated whether they are in a chair or they want to be seated in a seat and they can drive the horse themselves have total autonomy and control um, even if they don't have control at any other point in their time in their lives of what they how they can move around that provides some control and autonomy and independence for them I think independence is huge, you know, that benefit alone, um, especially as if we're talking about our loved one that has dementia, you know, they, they work very hard to want to feel independent and stay independent. And, you know, when you're taking away someone's car keys because it's not safe for them to drive anymore, mm -hmm. this is another spotlight on another, you know, another thing that you can do with your loved one to help them feel that sense of independence, which is one of the reasons why I'm so, I really love this program. Um, we've, you know, we're kind of talking about the benefits, but if you were just going to summarize, like summarize the benefits, um, again, you know, the respite, we talked about that, the independence for the person who has dementia, but what are the greatest benefits that you see time and time again? Um, it is the achievement of goals that are very attainable so they can have pride of accomplishment and success of something that they have, they were able to do for themselves, which kind of goes back to the um, independence, developing relationships. And we see that, I mean, not necessarily just for, for seniors, but for everyone that comes through our doors is learning how to develop a relationship with an animal who can't speak. So you're having to sort of pay attention to body language and understand subtle, you know, subtle messaging from the horse. So it, it tunes up the person's ability to, you know, social awareness and social cues to understand what their partner is trying to say to them. Um, and, and all of that comes back to then, you know, greater confidence of self and, you know, fulfillment when you do, when you do accomplish something with your partner, or even, um, just doing something that makes your equine partner 
feel good. Some of the horses, when you scratch a certain part, like on their chest or something, they make a face where you can tell they're really enjoying it. So it's, it brings you enjoyment to see that you're doing something that makes your, your horse happy. And then that makes you happy. So it's sort of a self-fulfilling happiness circle. It's just, oh, how? It's part oh, I'm sorry, Michelle, I, go ahead. I was just going to say it, it, it sparks joy, right? It sparks, sparks joy for everyone That's, that it, it really touches. Yeah. So how many days a week do you run a program and, and how many people can be in the program at any given time? And like, sure. do you run it throughout, throughout the day? Like what's, what's the logistics of this? Yeah. And we, every center does it differently because every center has to adapt to its own environment, what horses they have, staff and all that stuff. So we just moved to our new facility and we are now able to offer lessons Monday through Saturday, which is a big um, accomplishment for us. Previously, we were not able to do Friday afternoons or Saturdays. So um, Monday through Saturday, nine to five, we try to make it flexible, whatever the student schedule is and the horse that partners with them. And that's on an individual basis. They can come, um, you know, once a week, we do sessions kind of like school semesters, like a spring and a summer and a fall. And then um, we do a sort of winter term as, as the weather allows. Um, and then the groups that we have come that do not ride, they just come uh, in, you know, in a group from an assisted living center. Those are finally picking back up again after COVID. So we have two groups from two separate centers scheduled for October. And we do try to be very cognizant of the folks' um, you know, ability to withstand the elements to some degree, because if it's really hot or really cold, we can't really do anything about that, which is kind of the, the joy, but also the challenge of working in a barn. So we try to schedule the group visits for when it's going to be a little bit more temperate, so sort of spring and fall time. But if we have an individual that wants to come every week, all year round, then we are more than happy to accommodate that person. We, we really try to work with the person, the individual to find a schedule that works for them. Well, I would think that what's nice is if they, if they are on a schedule and say like, you know, participating on a semester basis, they really form a strong bond with the animal. Absolutely. It's, it, you know, they have their time, they come the same time every week and they have the same instructor same volunteers, the same horse. So we try to keep that consistency through for them so that they can develop the relationship, not only with the horse, but also with their instructor and the volunteers. So it becomes a really a dynamic group. And then you maybe start to get to know some of the other people that come to the barn at the same time who maybe have a lesson before you or after you. So it's, it expands your community in that way. And you, and you all of a sudden have a, a community of people who are all very interested in the same thing that you are. And you're all trying to do the same thing with the horse, which is just have some good quality time with a, a you know, a friend or multiple friends and all trying to learn to do the same thing, which is master how to work effectively with horses, which I've worked with horses my whole life. And I think I'm still learning how to do it. So. <laughs> well, I, I think here at the foundation, right. We're, we're, we're very much uh, about respite. You know, it's a big part of our mission is to help caregivers find the time for themselves because they put so much effort into uh, 
and constant effort into caregiving that sometimes they just need some time. And there's so much interesting about your program that I didn't know anything about. So this is, this is eye opening to me. And, you know, the fact that matters is that, you know, I read, an, I read a report recently that like know, 60% of caregivers, you know, report high or very high stress levels. Uh, so, I, you know, what I love about your program is that it can be such a great benefit for, you know, the loved one, right. To make a connection and, 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 but it's also can be such a great thing for the caregiver, you know, because the caregiver can either participate with their loved one in that program, or they can just go for a walk and go for a hike and enjoy what's going on and just get some time to themselves to unwind. So, um, uh, this is really, really interesting. And I, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing it, you know, so thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, we, we love doing it. It's one of our favorite programs here because the, the difference that we see, especially for some of the groups that come out, um, you know, sometimes the staff tell us that when they're driving out to the farm with their group from the uh, assisted living center, they, they, everyone's quiet, you know, the bus is quiet, no one's really talking, but then when they drive home afterwards, everybody's mm -hmm. chatting and, you know, talking about memories of the past or which horse they were they had met and which one was their favorite and what ha so it's it, it is a huge i mean it's a, an instant change for these for these people so i want to make sure that we also you know um don't forget that you do not have to be a person who has dementia to participate in this program so if you're the caregiver and you are not interested in taking your loved one who has dementia this is something you want to do for yourself for respite as an older adult you are you are more than welcome to participate in the program, correct? It, it isn't just for people that have dementia. Absolutely. I mean, we at LTR, you know, I'm not really talking about the other programs, but we have a wide array of programs that serve really any person who feels that they would benefit from the community around equine assisted services. They do not need to have a doctor's note. It, they don't need to have any sort of insurance. Um, we, our goal is never to turn anyone away because of, you know, financial needs. So we have some fee assistance. So anyone with any need is welcome and encouraged to come and be part of the community here. You know, one of the things that keeps coming to mind, which I, I hadn't really thought about till just now is how cool this might be for grandchildren to do with their grandparents. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of grand of grandchildren who are kind of um, not directly caregiving, but part of the caregiving family to someone who has dementia. And you know what an awesome experience that could be, especially if there was some kind of background. You know, there was a um, a riding background or a farm background or something like that to their grandparent. Um, how fun would that be? Like a bonding, you know, a kind of bonding experience to be able to share. Yeah. Share that. You know, I think it's, again, you know, I just, I love everything about it and um, just kind of almost disappointed in myself that I didn't even know that these um, programs existed. And after we talked, I started, like I said, went down the hole and I found that there's programs across the country, not just in Loudoun County. So um, we, you know, we want to make sure that if you're following this, you know, podcast, we will share notes, we'll share um, links to your website and 
um, anyone who wants in information about the Loudon Therapeutic Writing Center will will point them directly to you. But anyone else who's listening who isn't in Loudoun County, and that's not an option, you're not maybe even in the state of Virginia, you can reach out to us at, at our foundation and we will um, we'll find out if there's a program near you where you live. And, and um, so you can take advantage of this too. It's, it really is wonderful. And um, I echo Sean and just, you know, thank you so much for all you do. Absolutely. And I would say too, even if there was a center near you that didn't offer a specific seniors program, um, depending on the center, they might still be able to serve, you know, the caregiver or the, um, you know, the person who needs the care, uh, you know, on an individual basis. A lot of uh, centers really try to make things work if they can for the individuals. Right. Well, so is there, any, I'm sorry, Sean, is there anything else that families need to know as far as Loudon Therapeutic Writing Center, like anything else you want families to know? Just that, um, to your point about a bonding situation with the grand, a grandchild and a grandparent, or even, you know, child and the person suffering from memory loss or, or the partner, is we really try to make it, I mean, it's, it's not a very structured, rigorous, you know, has to be this way every time. If there's a, a student, a participant who wants to bring their grandchild one day, but not every single day, that's fine. Or if the, if it needs to be a different caregiver that comes that day, that's fine. If the participant comes and says, I can't do anything, but stand here and pet this horse today, because that is all I'm capable of doing. That's fine. There is no expectation of performance. There is no requirement of you know, level of participation, if they are coming here and feeling like they are receiving, they are, if they feel like they're better for it, then we've done our job in providing that for them. Well, I'm just soaking all this in. <laughs> I, I think part of me is like, I want to come out and try this uh, for myself. Um, but, um, you know, it's interesting because we just did a podcast recently and, you know, it was really about hospice care. And, but the thing that, you know, I try to look at the, you know, the silver lining of things and the, the silver lining I took away from that is, is that you don't have to think about, you know, hospice and kind of the end of your journey as the end of days, right? It's really an opportunity for um, you to continue to make memories and continue to make the best of that. And I think that your program can play such a pivotal role in that and people who are dealing with Alzheimer's, we talked about having grandchildren and stuff like that. Those are all opportunities to to continue to make memories. You know that um, you know the next generation will carry with them, and mm -hmm. uh, I I just, I just find it's very very interesting. I, I when we started this, I was thinking I didn't I haven't really heard about it. Now I'm leaving this podcast, going wow, this is just so so inspirational and so interesting and such an opportunity for people, even if you're not even the horses, you know, to be able to go out and try something new and, you know, connect with nature and connect with, you know, these, these, um, magnificent animals, you know, it's, mm -hmm. so, but thank you for coming on. I, I, I really appreciate it. This was very, very interesting. Yeah. Great. I'm so happy to share it with people. I think, uh, you know, equine assisted services as an industry has been in existence for, years and years. I mean, it's, you know, people have always enjoyed being around horses and only in the last decade or so has there been 
um, a, a push to try to get some documentation and some scientific research to back up why, why is this therapeutic for people? Um, and so I think I'm hoping that will help push the awareness of equine assisted services to the forefront so that more people know about it. So how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in your Silver Spurs program? Uh, they can go to our website, which is ltrf.org. That stands for Loudon Therapeutic Riding Foundation. And all the information about all the programs we offer, which is not just Silver Spurs, but therapeutic riding, adaptive driving, and hippotherapy, among others, um, is there. And the information about how you can submit an application is there. And we do ask that people submit, submit an application so that we can know what the diagnosis is and what that person is expecting to get out of the program before we try to place them um, because it's a little bit of a, a juggling match to try to pair a you know participant with the right horse and the right instructor, the right day, the right time and all of that stuff to make it the best, um, the best situation possible for everybody involved. So Christy, are there certifications um, that you guys have or that people should be looking for for programs like this? Sure. So uh, Latin Therapeutic Riding is a premier accredited center by our international governing body, the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship, which means that we have to hold ourselves, our facility, our horses, our instructors to an extremely high level of safety and performance for all of our students. Our, all of our instructors are certified therapeutic riding instructors, and that doesn't make them therapists. They're not therapists. They are certified to teach individuals of all kinds of diagnoses, uh, physical, cognitive, mental health, any of those. So they are able to teach people of all abilities, how to ride and interact safely with horses. Uh, safety is the highest priority of what we, we do at LTR. That's, that's great. I think, you know, Sean, the reaction that you had is the same reaction that I had when I first met Christy. I was like, Wait, I got to talk to you more. Like I, <laughs> I have to talk to you more. I think, um, and I remember other people cause we were in a joint meeting and I remember other people on the call were like, I'm confused. Like, how does someone, an older adult, mount a horse and ride a horse? And, you know, that's when you, you, you know, educated us and, and taught us that that's not really what this is about. I mean, yes, you can, but there's so much more to it. So I really hope that the reaction that Sean just had, you know, in, in this conversation is the same reaction that a lot of people that are listening have. Um, I think it's just a great opportunity. And we are um, happy and, and more than happy um, to share your information. We're going to, um, we're going to share this podcast out. Um, we'll, we'll share all your information and make sure that everyone that we know in Loudoun County uh, knows about you and, and your services. So again, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I just, uh, I can't thank you enough. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for reaching out and always happy to talk about it. Thank you, Christy.